It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And very pleased to have on the phone lines right now from the Houston Chronicle is John McClain. And John, we do appreciate you as always, my man. And there's a lot of reports coming out that Derek Carr is on the verge of getting a three-year contract extension. Uh, The numbers are, are here and there. Kind of really don't know what it is. They're just kind of reports right now. But as far as quarterback that can get it done. We just saw Matt Stafford win the Super Bowl on Sunday with the Rams. Do you look at Derek Carr as a quarterback who can win the whole thing? If he's got the right people around him, yes. I don't think he's going to, and, and Matthew Stafford has to have the right people around him. Cooper Cup, now that as receiver, you know, they were playing without tight end Tyler Higby. They lose Odell Beckham Jr. in the game. They lost Robert Woods for the season with a knee injury. So Cup is the only one from start to finish. Stafford threw 41 touchdown passes, and they became the most potent duo in the NFL. And so I think if Matthew Stafford can do it after being 0-3 in the playoffs in Detroit, I think Derek Carr could do it as well. You know, and I wanted to ask you about the the approach that the Rams took. We know that they threw all the chips in the middle of the table. They gave up a lot of first-round draft picks to bring in the proven commodities. Do you think in this copycat league you're going to see more teams try to try to do that style? Hugh, it wasn't just the Rams. The year before, the Buccaneers did it. True. You know, when they signed Tom Brady, they signed Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. They brought in some other players who Brady wanted to go all in. And they won, and they won it in their home stadium. Now, the Rams have done this for a while. Even back when uh, Sean McVay was hired in 2017 at 30, and Les Snead is the general manager, and he's the one making these deals. McVay doesn't have it in his contract, and he gets final say. He has a big say, but uh, the final word is Snead. Snead's done a terrific job, and McVay has bought into it to get veteran players. Now, there's a good chance they're going to lose Beckham. Good chance they're going to lose Von Miller. Uh, they also made a trade this year when Cam Akers went down with a torn Achilles tendon in preseason or training camp. Everybody thought, okay, he won't be back till the start of next season. So they made a deal with the Patriots for Sonny Michelle, who led them in rushing. So they got a lot out of the deals that they made. And that's the key. If you make those deals, they better work out. You know, Jalen Ramsey, they got him for two ones, gave the kind of contract he wanted. He wasn't getting from the Jaguars. Now he's still one of the top corners in the league, although he gave up more yards in the Super Bowl than any game this season. So it worked for them. And who knows? Was Stafford going to be 34 years old? Maybe this is the approach they take for the next three or four years and trade those first-round picks in 24, 25, and 26. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really does. They're, kind of, they're built to win now, and, and that's what they're going for. And similar, like you said, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Raiders obviously have a new front office. Dave Ziegler comes over from the Patriots. Josh McDaniels comes over from the Patriots. There's a lot of front office guys from the Patriots, and then Champ Kelly comes over from the Chicago Bears. Uh, as far as what the Patriots did last offseason, they went out and signed a lot of free agents, gave them a lot of free agent money. Do you kind of expect that to be the way that the, the Raiders may approach free agency this upcoming uh, offseason? Well, Dave Ziegler worked for Bill Belichick, just like Nick Casario worked for Bill Belichick. The Patriots are going to have their third 
personnel director in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casario, Ziegler, and then Grow, Mike Grow, who they just elevated. So you don't know if that was Belichick's approach. It was very unusual for the Patriots to do that. They spent a lot of money on tight ends, and that had not been their M.O. before. Does Dave Ziegler believe in that? Um, I don't know what the cap situation is with the Raiders. It's going to go up by about $25 million or a little more. So if teams are, could be in really good shape. And when you're 10-7 and seven and you come so close to getting to the divisional round, you know, you don't need a whole lot of young players. Mm-hmm. You need more veteran players. So it wouldn't surprise me if Ziegler didn't trade some of those lower picks for uh, veteran players who become available. No, it does make a lot of sense. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL on, on at McClain underscore on underscore NFL on Twitter. And, John, what did you think? What was your overall thoughts of the Super Bowl? Uh, the Bengals fall a little bit short to the Rams. I thought that uh, Zach Taylor, who's in his third year as a head coach, coach like a young coach, he made some bad decisions going for it on fourth down early in the game, cost him a touchdown. At the end of the game, it's first, it's first down. They get nine yards on first down. Second down, they go for a long pass. Wasn't close. Third down, they give it to Samaji Pirine instead of their leading rusher, Joe Mixon, and he gets stuffed by Arnold. And on fourth down, Donald's all over uh, Joe Burrow, and he has to basically throw it away. So it's it's kind of inexcusable when it's second one, you don't get a first down. But like Sean McVay said, he had to coach a whole lot better. Uh, in this Super Bowl than the last one he did three years ago, and he did. And it helped that Stafford put it together that last drive. Q, I covered Bengals' first two Super Bowl losses to the 49ers. They've now lost three Super Bowls by 12 points, an average of four points a game. And that last drive by the Rams was reminiscent of when they were ahead of the 49ers mm-hmm. after the 88 season. Then Joe Montana gets the ball one last time. Takes him down the field, throws a winning touchdown pass to John Taylor in the middle of the end zone. And that's what it reminded me of. I felt bad for not Joe Burrow because he's in his second year, or Jamar Chase. They're going to be competitive, although odds are against them going back next year. But Mike Brown, who's like 86, his dad, Paul Brown, founded the team. I felt bad for Mike Brown and his family that's on that team from the get-go. And the Cincinnati fans who've been around and suffered through those first two close losses to the 49ers, those were the ones I felt bad for. But I was really happy for the Rams. You know, Stafford's a class act. Didn't we ever see him do anything stupid, create any controversy? Did he scrub his social media website when he was mad at the Lions? No. Right. Did he demand to be traded? No. Did he create controversy? I'm happy. Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald, who may be the best player in the NFL right now, now that Tom Brady is uh, quote-unquote retired. <laughs> right, absolutely. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Rare Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, John, after the Super Bowl, the NFL announced probably like 1.30 East Coast time that, hey, we're going to look into this Dolphins thing about Stephen Ross allegedly paying Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in that 2019 season. Do you think that the league is taking this serious enough? Well, of course they're going to uh, investigate it, DeMond. They're 
uh, they investigate everything. <laughs> now, I've never seen them approach an investigation more, more wholeheartedly than they did the Flategate. It's like a war was started and they had all these suits descending on uh, Gillette Stadium to gather evidence. They're not doing it anymore like that. You'd think if they were going to do it, anybody would be Daniel Snyder. Now, Brian Flores better have proof or he better have people who will back him up in court or in depositions because if he can't prove it, it's going to be his word against Stephen Ross. If he has proof that Ross wanted to tank for hundred grand a game, then the owners could get together and vote out Stephen Ross. There's a lot of things you can do, like all these things Daniel Snyder's done, and they still haven't gotten rid of him. But, boy, when you think of every dollar that's riding on the NFL being uh, on the up and up, and then you see charges like that that may cause people, number one, not to bet as much, number two, not to watch, then you're hitting those guys where it hurts. And that's not in the growing. That is in the wallet. But do you think that NFL owners, that they would open themselves up to voting each other out? Because if you can vote one out, What's, what's what's protecting the next owner from not getting voted out? Do you think they wouldn't want to start that precedent? Well, I think if it's somebody, something as bad as this, I think, yes, they could do that. Now, it would require a three-quarters majority to force an owner out, and, uh, and it is hard to do. It's never been done in the NFL, and those guys are very, very close. And one reason is just what you brought up. The mind for there for the grace of God go I. And but this is serious. This is about losing on purpose, which is as bad as it gets. It really is. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL on at McClain underscore on underscore NFL on Twitter. Uh, John, I wanted to uh, ask you about Cliff Branch. We found out officially on Thursday that he's in the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame class was rolled out at the honors uh, th- uh, at the ceremony. That was awesome to see that. Uh, what do you think now that he's officially in? We can actually talk about it. H- how much do you think it means to the family now? Well, first of all, let me go back to what we were talking about on Miami. Had the Dolphins drafted Justin Herbert before Tua Tagovailoa, they wouldn't be having this talk. And so they screwed up. And then if Stephen Ross had convinced them to lose, to get the first pick, and they got Joe Burrow, I don't think anybody would have been complaining about it. But they made every mistake he could make in that situation. As far as Cliff Branch, I, we knew he was going to get in because he was the senior nominee. Mm-hmm. And there are committees for the seniors the coach nominee and the contributors, and I'm on the senior and the coach committee, and usually after we meet and we nominate someone, the 49-member committee just rubber stamps it. That's why I told you guys I felt strongly that Cliff would be in. My only regret is that Cliff died in 2019, wasn't around to see uh, his election and his induction, but I know there's a lot of family members, friends, and fans in Houston who are very happy about Cliff Branch. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Cliff Branch memory? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have one. Only you and Raider fanatics would have that kind of character. <laughs> DeMond, well, let me tell you something. Two things we've all been sitting around thinking about the Raiders all the time and all the greatest memories 
<laughs> in Raiders history. And oh yeah, uh, Cliff Branch. So I'm guessing Q's got one. So Q, what is your greatest memory <laughs> of Cliff Branch? I don't have one, John. You've been covering the league for the long time. I know you had those conversations with Al and all that. So that's that's why I asked because I know he changed all the right, game. Well, that's, <laughs> I've told it before on your station, and I'll I'll tell it again. This was like oh five or six years before Al Davis died. We were at a league meeting, and I asked Al. And I was asking him, wondering if he would say Lester Hayes, the great cornerback from the Raiders in Texas A&M, who was from Houston. And Lester had been a finalist a few times, but had not gotten election. So I asked him, what Raider is most deserving of the Hall of Fame? And I didn't give him any examples. And he didn't say, he didn't say Lester Hayes, John Madden, Kenny Stabler, any of those guys. He didn't hesitate. He said Cliff Branch. And then he went into his dissertation about what Cliff's speed, work ethic, toughness, everything he did that embodied the Raider manifesto and why she'd be in the Hall of Fame. And every year when we'd have that senior meeting, I would tell the story about what Al Davis said about Cliff Branch. What is it going to take, John, to get Lester Hayes in? Is he going to have to be a senior senior like, like Cliff Branch was? So I guess Lester's already in the senior pool. I haven't heard his name come up in a long time. Mm. Don't get greedy. We got Flores. <laughs> we got we got uh, Cliff Branch. We got Ray Guy. We got John Madden. That's another thing. All those guys were available. When Al Davis told me Cliff Branch. Right, right, no doubt. You know, it's, it's funny. The reason I asked that is because immediately, John, as soon as Cliff Branch was announced, I started getting hit up on Twitter. All right, now get now get Lester in. Now get this guy in. And I said the same thing as you said. Don't get greedy. But I thought I'd ask anyway because, well, you know, that's what I do, John. You know, I got I to gotta be that guy. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got no problem with it. And I don't know if Lester will ever make it because when you're in the senior pool, I'll give you an example. There's 50 players who were on their all-decade team who are not in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Wow. Whoa. All right, John, I've got to ask you this very serious question. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. What does John McClane do to be romantic to the wife? What's your Valentine's Day looking like? Well, I wish you'd asked me that about 25 years ago. <laughs> um, so uh, my wife, Carol, who uh, on, I've, I've watched the last two Super Bowls at home, which I like so much better than going to the game after going – more than 40 of them, and she cooked uh, stadium food in different phases. And so Valentine's is the next day, so I get her one card from our cat, Shadow, and I get her two from me, one serious and one funny. And then I went and searched for her favorite candy, and I found it, and they come in one pack. And so I got her 10, bought a Valentine's bag to give it to her, and that's what I got her. In the old days, I would have gotten flowers, would have taken her to dinner, would have done all that, but uh, we haven't done that in a while. I heard that. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds like you're doing more than Q already. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there going, me either. <laughs> yes, exactly. No doubt about it. John, before we let you go, Lovey Smith, new head coach of the, the Houston Texans, he just said the other day that he really wants to get this Watson situation taken care of and quickly. But I don't. how quickly can you possibly do it when it's a lot of legalities? Well, he can want to do it till the cows come home. And it ain't happening. You can't do anything before March 16th when the new league year begins. He's about to get deposed 
next week. I think there's 42 hours hmm. they can depose him. And then uh, uh, he has to reach settlements with 22 accusers accusing him of sexual assault and misconduct. And as someone who's read these lawsuits three times, there are serious accusations in there. And if he does reach settlements and his income's going from $10.54 million to $35 million, uh, this year, and they, and, uh, and they know it. They know he's kind of money he's got. But he's never going to play again unless he reaches settlements. And the sooner he does it, the better chance he has of being traded. I believe teams will line up to get him if he is able to pull that off. There you go. Well, we'll have to sit back and watch and see how it all unfolds. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. What do you got coming out on Texas Sports Nation that we should be on the lookout for? You got a great story on there about Lovey Smith's hometown up in East Texas called Big Sandy, which mm-hmm. is smallest classification you can have in the state and why he is the way he is, a perfect gentleman, a class act, because he was raised right. We got a big story on there. We got post-Super Bowl, and then we got Texans and NFL and I wish we had some spring training, but we don't. Right. Yeah, don't get me started on that. These guys in baseball, we talked about it last year, John. They cannot get it right. They can't get out of their own way. They really can't. So, whatever. They're the, the NFL is their envy. Ten-year extensions. Baseball owners would kill for a 10-year extension. Right. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. Great as always. We appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your week. Q and DeMond, thank you guys very much. I look forward to talking with you next week. No doubt about it. There he goes. The great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. You hear him so don't get greedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did though. As soon as Cliff Branch was announced multiple people hit me up and said alright Q let's get Lester Hayes in now and I thought well I mean that's a hell of a player he, and, he, he and just, John would be the guy to ask. He's on the he senior would, committee. Exactly, exactly. He could bring it up at the next meeting. But what it about was it was so funny though because you think about all right, you just got the next guy, you know, the next guy in, and then hey, so what about this guy? All right, now that mission accomplished, how about this guy? You know, it's just that's kind of what we do. We go on to the next project. But our next project, when we come back, we were going to jump into cover three, but you brought up Valentine's Day with John McClane, so I want to know what happened with Demond's Valentine's Day. Was there a was there a sighting? I forgot homegirl's name. I forgot what her name was. You going to tell me again? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Smart man. I'm going to remember her name before we come back. But we got to dip into Valentine's Day and see what DeMond did. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. I know what you're saying, but you're you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing me. I you're stuck you. in your zone, and I you won't allow you. yourself to listen. I am hearing you. No, 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 no. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And if you heard in that sports update, Kalani Brown has signed with the LV Aces for training camp. Shout out to Kalani Brown, former Baylor Lady Bear, former uh, Atlanta Dream, I believe. Been in the WNBA for a while, but uh, I covered her at Baylor. Uh, she's a great person. I mean, like, really cool person. Personality is outstanding. Uh, really, really, and a damn good player. She's uh, P.J. Brown's daughter. P.J. Brown, who uh, played with Miami Heat, won some rings. Yeah, that P.J. Brown, that's her, that's her daughter. Uh, his daughter, excuse me. Anyway, she'll be on the show tomorrow. Just want to kind of give you a heads up. She'll be part of the, the guest lineup that we have on the show tomorrow, including Zachariah Branch, the nephew of uh, Cliff Branch. He's going to join the show tomorrow to talk about Cliff getting into the Hall of Fame and what it means to the family. Anyone who remembers when we talked to him after he committed to USC, he said that him and his brother are going to make the Hall of Fame, and if Cliff never gets in, then they're going to get in for him. Well, Cliff is in, 
So now it's up to them to do their their end of the bargain. But uh, I'm sure him and the family are very excited about Cliff getting into the hall. So he'll join us on the show tomorrow as well. And then we'll have Paloma Villacana, who will be in Fresno, Cali, the 559. Uh, she'll be there at uh, Fresno State as uh, the UNLV running Rebels will take on the Fresno State Bulldogs. So we'll get a little bit of preview of that game as well. So those are just the guests that we have right now. It's not even the show's not even over yet. We already got the, that show tomorrow already locked in. Already locked in, and who knows what else is going to happen between now and then? Because there's always a whole lot can happen. There's always a lot going on with us. Demond gets tired of me wearing out his phone. Man, he looks up at his phone. He's like, "Damn, this dude didn't text me all this time. He can't. He, can you ever take a break, Q? No, no. But se- speaking of taking a break, as we went to break, I was talking about it. You brought up you brought up Valentine's Day with uh, John McClain and asked him what he was doing, and I want to know what you were doing. And I couldn't remember the young lady that became a part of the show, but everyone else does. Yo. Everyone else. How many texts did we get and how many tweets did we got with the with homegirl's name? I'm gonna need at least like five. I'm gonna need y'all to take it easy. <laughs> I love the fact that Raider Nation don't forget. Got a tweet right here. Demond took Kayla to dinner last night. And then Q and Demond, it was Kayla, wasn't it? And then another one from Big Deuce. I believe it was Kara. It was, you were close. It was Kayla. Or, yeah, it was Kayla. But uh either way. How did how did uh, how did your Valentine's day or evening go? I know you didn't get out of here for a while, but how'd your evening go? Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was here until about eight thirty. That's early. Got home around nine. That's My still Valentine's early. Day did absolutely nothing. Just another day. But you I do a lie. Have, I'm not lying at all. But I do have a story to tell. Valentine's Day related. Go on with it then. All right. You know what, man? I couldn't be a parent because you know. I'm just not ready for these moments. I have a younger sister. She's 13. Okay. Well, she she told me, she was like, if you're going to tell the story, say I'm 13. She's 12, but she turns 13 next week. Okay. So, so she's almost there. Yes, exactly. Okay. And she's showing me all these things that she got for Valentine's Day. From who? Exactly. A little boyfriend, sixth grade already. And Mm-mm. it was just like, nope. broke my heart a little bit. I was just like, how can my dad let this happen? She's showing me necklace, bracelet, hair ties. And I'm just like, what, what's going on here? Wait, who the hell is, who the hell she get this from? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's a little boy at Kingpin. Where'd he get all this money from? Exactly. Little dope dealer? What's he doing? Where'd he get She's all this money from? She's talking about like meeting soulmates. And I'm like, take it oh, easy. Oh, jeez. 12 years old, 13, yes, she likes to tell me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I got, I, got all the, I got all the parenting skills that you need. You just cut that off at the beginning. Like, nope, no, no. Can I have? No. Can he? No. Yes. Can you do? No. What about no? So that's all the no. Valentine's Day was for me. Was me talking to my younger sisters, sixteen and thirteen. Yeah. So what'd you guys get? Oh man. Nothing. I'm a I'm a lonely guy. Yeah. Nothing. Single. So you didn't take Kayla out nowhere. There you, is no Kayla to take out. No, there is Kayla to take out. I just haven't met her yet. I haven't brought her on the show yet, but I know she's a she, There is no she Kayla exists. to take out. She Kayla exists. She could be a figment of my imagination. She's just a character for the show, y'all. No, there she's is not. No Kayla. Uh, no, no, because there's as there's evidence from your friends. Your homeboys actually brought Kayla into the fold. I didn't even know about Kayla, so they brought it brought her to my attention. Just a friend. That's what Biz Marquis said. Exactly. Yeah, we all know how that shook out. We're gonna have to call Kayla and bring her to the show. Never. We're gonna have to bring her to the pulpit. You know, Never. I mean, we got we got we got to get some truth serums. Hey, right, man, I'm an old I'm an old Wiley veteran, man. Yo, what would you and Mrs. Q do? Let's at, change, change the subject. I'll tell you, man. At one time, one time she said to me, she said, "Oh, we're not gonna get anything for for Valentine's Day. It's not a big deal." And I was like, "All right, cool." You know, and so I didn't get anything, and I was at the radio station. All of a sudden, like a box of cupcakes just appeared at the at the radio station. It was like, "Oh, happy Valentine's Day." 
was like, damn, I thought we weren't getting anything. And everyone looked at me and like, you fell for that, you big dummy? So that was an early experience. So for it sounds like you get caught with the okie doke a lot. Yeah, I did. I got, caught, I got caught up with that one. So the last few years has been, you know, send the flowers, do that, womp womp. This year we decided, like, for real, we ain't, we ain't sending no flowers, we ain't doing none of that. So we didn't. We didn't do any of that. But my buddy, I told you my buddy Otis was in town from uh, Texas. Otis and, like, 10 other people, right? Big old party. So they made reservations at the Capitol Grill at 8 o'clock. So we went over to the Capitol Grill. And, let, man, when I tell you that the food was so damn good, but we had a party of 12. So the wife hates having big parties because, you know, it takes forever to get your food. But I'll tell you, by the time we got our food, and I had a bone-in ribeye. I'm a sucker for a bone-in ribeye, right? By the time we ate our food and we got wrapped up and finally got back to the house, dog, I was just, I was in, I was in that itis mode. You know what I mean? I was so <laughs> dog tired just from eating. You know when you get tired from eating? That's how I was. I was so, I ate so much. I had lobster, crab, and, and uh, uh, macaroni. It was, it was fantastic. It was great. I'm telling you. But I was so tired. I wanted nothing to do with anything. By the time I got to the house, I was like, I just need to go to bed. Man, real I woke romantic. Up this this I, guy talking about this meal. You, I woke you up with the meal itis. over. No, I did. The, the meal was fantastic. It was fantastic. I'm trying to remember what the wife had. She had a filet. Nah, who cares? Filet. Uh, you were focused on your food. No, I was. I was. I had, I, look, man, I had a bone-in ribeye, dog. You, you, that's special. When you have a bone-in ribeye, that's next level, man. There's something special about a bone-in ribeye. You gotta have, it just, it's got to be cooked right. It's got to be perfect. You get a bone-in ribeye, you're good. You should take Kayla there. She'd like it. It's got a nice view of the strip, everything. And, and Otis is so funny. Otis said, oh, Q, we, we were out partying last night till about 4 in the morning. I said, oh, man, y'all, y'all, y'all doing too much for me. By 4 in the morning, I'm already dreaming. My dreams are really rolling. But, yeah, you should take, take Kayla over there to the Capitol Grill. Oh, no, I'm looking at the location and everything right it's now. It's right there across from the wind. It's, it's, it's right there by the mall. It's by the mall. It's right like, there by Fashion Show Mall. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically we parked in the in the parking garage of the mall, and then we walked through the elevator, went up, and right, yeah, Capitol Grill's right there, man. Go on, check it out. Go on, do something good for your country and and Kayla. <laughs> do something good for my. <laughs> Yo, you got to stop talking about Kayla like this. <laughs> well, I'm I'm mad that I forgot her name. I got to write it up on the board we have in here. What's the like uh, AF, well, the championship game weekends? Well, yeah, no, like um, AFC NFC yeah. championship game. We went to Parkway Tavern. Oh, okay, that's close. What, what, what he just rolled his eyes like he too good for Parkway Tavern? No, I'm not. I love Parkway Tavern. I'm just saying take take her somewhere special, special somewhere you ain't gonna go all the time. You every once in a while, like John said, what'd you hear John McClain say? Oh, back in the day, I used to do this, that, and the other. I mean, look when you're trying to when you're still trying to you know be the dude and, and show that not you're the man. To be that guy. When you're showing that you're the man, you still you got to go out of out of your comfort zone a little bit. You know what's so funny? Sunday, her and her and the homegirl Octavia is like, hey, we're gonna go downtown for mimosas. Do you want to come? Bottomless mimosas, her and Octavia. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Throw out like a little feeler question like, oh, yeah, man, so where would I park if I go there? Because it's downtown. Yeah. I was just saying that to say it. I wasn't going to go. Man, you're guaranteed to miss every shot you don't take, brother. I'm trying to learn you, man. This could be a this could be like a happy relationship that can last years on top of years, but you gotta you gotta you gotta go out there and, and go out on a limb, man. You gotta make it happen. I'm okay. Don't be scared. I'm not scared. Don't of be scared. Hey, big bro's got your back, man. I'm okay. <laughs> Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, DeMond looks so fly with his red polo t-shirt and rollerblades on last night as he took me to Burger King. Sincerely, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh it up. Oh. Gotta get, yeah, we'll get it on the show one day. That'll be hilarious. Big Deuce said, what's your perfectly cooked ribeye? Oh, it's got to be medium rare. 
It's got to be medium rare. You can't cook. You can't cook it. Uh, overcook it. And that's it's funny. My man Big J, who was there with us last night, I forget what he ordered, but they had so much going on that they cooked it a little bit longer than it was supposed to be. <laughs> and he he took a he uh, he cut a little bite of it or a little piece of it, and he said, "Q, this looks like brisket. <laughs> this don't look like steak." So uh, they had to, they went back and they're like, "Oh man, we totally messed that up. Sorry." So they went and replaced it, and it was great. But yeah. Did he hit him with a, I'm not paying for this? No, no. He okay, just he okay. just said he said this wasn't the way he wanted, it, and they said, "Oh, no problem. We'll take care of it." Hey, man, that's a that's a nice place. They ain't they ain't they ain't gonna cut no no cost. They ain't gonna be like, "Well, you better take that." No, they'll be like, "Hey, we're gonna take care of you." And believe me, after I saw the bill, I understand why. <laughs> oh yes, I, I looked it up on Google Maps. I was like, "Let me see where this is at," because on Google they'll give you like the yeah. dollar signs. Oh yeah, had four dollar signs next to it, people. Yeah, yeah. Let's do rich for my blood. Let's just say the tip was added when uh, when when they brought the bill. Ooh, you know when gratu- the tip is added, you know that it's already expensive. Gratuities included. But they had we had twelve people though, so yeah, I mean you know. Yeah. And the lady was really good that that served us. Mm-hmm. Like off the top of her head, she rattled off so much, and I told her after that, I, said, I don't even know how you remembered all that. I got lost in like the second thing you started describing. She's like, I don't know. I just do it. I'm not mad. <laughs> uh oh. We got something else, huh? Oh, this is a funny text. Okay. And I don't know how this this person must know me personally. <laughs> Seriously. This person must know me personally because this is like near and dear to my heart. This text on the Salmon Ash text line says, Q, I need a girl part three. Send the girl's friend my way. And the reason I say this is near and dear to my heart, that was one of my favorite songs playing. Either in the club, on the radio, I Need a Girl, and I Need a Girl Part 2 was my joint. Now you can call any of my homies, any of the homegirls from back in the day. You can call anyone that I knew and be like, man, what song was always playing in Q's car? It was always I Need a Girl Part 2, especially Part 2. But Part 1 was dope, too. So there you go. That's a text from the 209, so they probably do know me. I got to look this up. Okay, I see it's uh, it's Diddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diddy, um, you don't know, you don't know. The, whoa, genuine, whoa, whoa, you don't know the song? Is it? I need a girl. Yes, nah, nah, yes. Yeah, I need a girl to change. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Come on, man. What is wrong with you? You didn't know the song. Sorry, I wasn't out here in the streets, man. Diddy, I was, I was playing that song probably back on uh, what Hot 104.5 in the 209. I think it's Hot 104.5. I think that's the number. I play, I worked there. Yeah, so that, yeah, so you, so that. Oh, we got this new Diddy for you. That was a jam, dog. What year was that? that no, was let me my, see if I can find the year this And then he out. put out the CD that was called The Remixes, and that was always in my, I mean, that, and that's what I called my son when he was born, Little Q. I called him The Remix because, you know, he was a Blacksican. He wasn't, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't exactly me. He was a mini me. He was a, he was a version of, he was The Remix. I mean, that's how deep I was into that. It was like, here is The Remix. <laughs> Yo, I was just about to make a joke. I was going to be like, what, did you get the P. Diddy tattoo? Yes! yes, you did. <laughs> I, thought, I, yes! thought I was going to say it ironically. You love P Diddy so much, won't you get a tattoo of him? I did. Got I did. I don't know how this conversation <laughs> went about. <laughs> we were supposed to be in cover three a long time ago, but you had to talk about Kayla. You took all this time talking about Kayla and where you took her to dinner last night. Three thirty-six at the time. We're going to come back. We're going to reset the show. Come back. Close out strong. This is unnecessary roughness on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Going to kind of jump into Cover 3 right now. I'd like to bring this back each and every day. You know, a little NFL news and notes going around the league. And don't have too many notes that I, I want to bring to the table since we talked to John McClain at the top of the hour and we were able to kind of scatter shoot across the league. But I did want to tell you about the Super Bowl and the audience. How about 112.3 million viewers? That's a lot. 
Remember there was a time period where they're like, oh, NFL, it's in trouble. People aren't going to watch. I'm turning off the Super Bowl. I'm turning off NFL. I'm going to go do something else like walk a dog. No, you're not. You're watching the Super Bowl. I don't care what you say. 101.1 million TV viewers, another 11.2 million streamers. And I will say this. You're going to get a lot of audience when the game is available on NBC, Telemundo, Peacock, NBC Sports Digital, NFL Digital, Yahoo Sports Mobile Properties. I mean, it was it was available just about anywhere, right? But that's still a lot of viewers, 112.3. But all playoffs viewership was up. Yep. No matter the network. Exactly. Yep. So I think that it's the trends going up where the NFL will be fine. The one person out there that says for whatever reason or so, I'm not watching football anymore. They can kiss my money goodbye. They will be fine. Yeah, they're not missing you. They're not missing you. And not, that's not me trying to sound disrespectful. It's just a real reality of it. You know, that's like, it's like when fans say, oh, we don't like this with this team. We're going to stop going to the games. Oh, don't worry. Someone else is going to go. You might not go. Someone else is going to go. Please believe that. That's that's the that's one of the funniest things when, when people say they're going to stop going to the game or whatever. And I get it. For one reason or another, you might stop going to the game. But for one reason or the other, someone else is going to go to the game. Or the funniest thing, or let's say a player leaves or whatever, we're going to burn the jersey. So they already got your money for it, though, right? <laughs> right, exactly. They already got your money You're for just it. burning your money. Exactly. You're you paid burning. for it. You did. So, I mean, hey, yeah, if you, uh, if you paid for it, you can do what you want with it. Just don't burn my house. You know, yeah, just make sure just, keep that stuff on over there. Your protest isn't as noble as you think it is. Right. You're not proving the point you think you're proving. No, not at all. Now, I did want to go to uh, this, and this is a report that's been out there now for a little while. I know Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle when he comes up at 4 o'clock will have much more to talk about it. But our guy Jordan Schultz, who uh, actually has been on this show with us before, put out a tweet earlier today with the full support of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. The Raiders plan to offer Derek Carr top-tier quarterback money. I'm told that Carr is seeking in the range of $35 million plus. It's also worth noting that both sides are open to a short-term extension. Another option for the Raiders is simply to tag Derek Carr, though that hardly provides the vote of confidence an extension would signify. Expect things to move rather quickly in the near future against our guy Jordan Schultz, who was on this show, and he's very good at what he does. I know Vinny Bonsignor will have plenty more to say about this. Uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, he's been doing his due diligence. I've been seeing a lot of tweets from him, so I know he's doing his work behind the scenes, but... When you see those numbers, when you hear those numbers, what are your thoughts? He deserves it. You can't, like, because this past deal Let's was, call John in Atlanta and ask him. <laughs> this boom, that boom. <laughs> Why did that call? He's been quarterback for eight years, that boom. <laughs> like, all right, well, you, know, you got another word for him? Got another way to describe him? He's a boom. Do you know his name? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Boom. No, but really, um, no, th- I mean, $35 million, if that's around the range, and I'm not saying that that's the, the exact number, but if it's around there, Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to like it, but that's that's the nature of being a good quarterback. Not an elite quarterback, a good quarterback. That's just what it is. Look at Dak. Dak got $40 million. I mean, I, I could argue and say that Derek Carr was just as good as Dak, if not better. And I like Dak. He'd I did. the head-to-head. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's true. I like Dak, but, you know, got a uh, tweet from Quick. I'd prefer a short-term extension over anything. And I think that's what the I think ultimately that's what's going to happen. But I also saw someone else out there reporting. I'm sorry that I can't give him credit for this tweet, but it was and let's say if you do give him the short extension, if he outperforms that short extension and the team is good, then that means that you just got to pay him again. Right. No, or, true. I'm not saying if they win the Super Bowl, but let's say if it's two more playoff appearances. Right. Hey, get close AFC Championship game. Well, then after that two years, he's going to want even more money and he's going to say I outperformed this deal. Right. Then what's next? I mean, if you give him a two-year deal, 
that means that he'll have three total years, right? Because he has a contract this year. He'll, that means he'll have three total years. If he goes, just say he goes and balls out this year. Just say that even John calls in and is like, man, sign that bum up. He's the man. Just act like he had that kind of year. Then that means he really only has one year left on his deal until you have to make another deal. Now, if you're okay with that, then you roll the dice and you do that. If you think that, hey, you know, the short term is better and then we'll revisit it later, then you roll and do that. I don't really care what direction they go. I don't. I have no doubt that he's going to be under center next year. Remember a couple weeks ago, the conversation was, oh, is, is, are they going to trade him or are they going to move on from him? Now the conversation is how many years are they going to extend him? I think it's going to be short term. I think it's going to be a two, two to three year deal. And I think that's fair. Yeah, I'd say a four-year deal if it was up to me. I know no one's asking me these questions because I feel like what I just said is a valid point because you're betting on him to succeed, right? You want him to succeed. Exactly. You're not like, oh, let's give him these two years and then hopefully we can get rid of him. So if it is a short extension, you would want him to ball out. He outperformed that. But then you don't want to be in the same situation you're sitting in now with, oh, we don't want to have to pay him. We don't want to have to break the bank and pay him over market value because the market just keeps moving up. It does. And the thing about it is, if you give him, say you give him a three-year deal, and then the year he has already, that makes it four total years. If you give him a three-year deal, whatever money he signs for right now is going to look like a lot. But a year from now, it ain't going to look like a lot. Remember when he signed his last extension? Everyone's like, oh my God, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league. That lasted for about as long as your relationship with Kayla's lasted. Not very long. You ain't put the work in, though. You need to take some lessons from Lester Hayes. You got to put in the work. (laughs) <laughs> you got to train your body and train your brain. Who was it that uh, signed right after him? Was it uh, Stafford? Yeah. That actually, you know, so, hey. Right. And then everyone else, every other quarterback that could throw the rock, you know, all of a sudden signed up and they were getting paid more and more. And, and that's what's going to happen. It's just the nature of the position. It's not necessarily your accolades. If you're worth assault, and I don't care who you are, even John in Atlanta, Derek is worth assault. He is, you know, he's, you have to, he is still, in my opinion, in just my opinion, He's still up there with Matt Stafford. I still don't think Matt Stafford's any better than Derek Carr is. I really don't. I know that Tom will hit me with some stats, and Tom will tell me this, that, and the other. I get it, and I respect that. And John will call him a bum. I, I respect that, too. But I those two are pretty much in the same category. But also, John in Atlanta, he wanted to trade him and get a couple firsts for him. They're not giving a couple of firsts for a bum. That's a good point. You can, Like, the Arizona Cardinals can't call up somebody and be like, we'll give you Colt McCoy for a couple of first-rounders. Right. No, that's true. I mean, look what what was the uh, what was the cat that was there before Kyler Murray? Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Remember, he was a former first-round pick. Top 10 pick. Matter of fact, number 10. Where'd he go to? He's. I mean, he's floated all over the league, and they, I mean, they damn near have to trade. They almost have to give extra to get rid of him. Ain't nobody giving up those big-time picks. So, yeah, you can't call somebody a bum if, you're, if your theory is, let's get rid of this bum and get Two or three first rounders for him. Right. That sound like a bum to you? No, no. I mean, if you get, if you were to get, if the if the Raiders were to go in that direction and go flip them for some picks, one, we've already had the conversation about the picks and how it hasn't worked out for the Raiders. Hell, they had five first rounders, and what what did they get out of it? Josh Jacobs. I mean, seriously, think about that. They had five first round picks, and what did they have left? Josh Jacobs. And I like Josh Jacobs a lot, but they had five of them. Jonathan Abram. They have Josh Jacobs. Remember we did the well, who would you marry and who would you <laughs> yes. who would you break up with? Just yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Nobody broke up with Jacobs. Multiples broke up with Abram. S. Jonas, big Derek Carr supporter, said, Carr, you sign him to a four-year deal. Either way, you can trade him. He won't take a short deal. Uh, Goff got the same blank. 
then paid him, then traded him. That contract is what got that Stafford deal done. Okay, I respect that. I had to be careful with that. He, he threw in that blank word in there and uh-huh. almost almost messed me up. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? I saw you there. I yeah, like, oh, I had to slow be down be because he almost he almost got me with the FCC violation on that. Got the dump button right here. Yeah, well, in your 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 case, I'd have said it, and you probably would have looked at me like, I can't believe you just said that. And then the seven <laughs> se- and then the seven <laughs> seconds would have gone by, and we'd have been all up in someone's ear. But no, I mean, I don't think. I don't think that would be a bad thing if you gave him a, a give him a, a four year total deal, like three more years, and hit him with the four years total. I don't think that'd be bad. Now, again, you might and look, like uh, like like Jordan Schultz said, both sides are are both open to a, a short term deal. Maybe that's what Derek wants. Maybe Derek would only think about this. And this is just playing devil's advocate. I just want to play both sides of the fence. What if Derek Carr wants to do a short term deal so he could determine what's going on? You know, what What if he says, hell, I don't know if I want to be here four years because I don't know what y'all are going to do for four years. Maybe I only want a two-year deal to test the waters. Because I, I, I tell you this, I can see Derek, even though he said he wants to be here long-term for the rest of his career, yada, 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 you know, retire with the silver and black. I can see him at some point saying, you know what? Matt Stafford just bounced and went to another team and won a Super Bowl. I want to win. I can see myself doing the same thing. Could, could Let me ask you this question. And I know we're going deep into it now. I, 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 there's so many branches that can come from this tree. And that's what I, I've been taught r- really well in radio, that a good subject is a subject that has many different branches on the tree. Could Derek Carr have done what Matt Stafford did? Could he, could, he, it, could he have been behind center on Sunday and came out with a victory just like Matt Stafford? My answer is yes. Of course he could have because Matt Stafford, I know that last drive incredible, no look pass to Cooper Cup. But he didn't play that well. No, he, he didn't, didn't play spectacularly. No. Still threw two picks. Carr could have came back. Carr, that's what he's. That's one thing we all know. That's the one thing we know for sure. He can come back. So he could have done that, yes. But also, it goes back to me when we're saying you got to bet on yourself, or you're doing this to succeed. I don't think that he would look at it at oh, give me the short term extension because let's see where this is adding to, and let's see where this adds in two years. Because in his mind. We're gonna be winning the Super Bowl in two. Like we're gonna we're gonna go back to back because I believe in my ability to lead this team. Where but, you, you want to win them all, I right. don't think he's but gonna like. He, sign, I don't d- think he's gonna go into signing his contract. Yeah, man, it might not be looking here. It might not be looking here he in two years. He doesn't know what the direction of the team is. He's never worked with Josh McDaniels and and Dave Ziegler. He might he might be. They're feeling him out. What they say? We want to get to know him. You think Derek don't want to get to know him? Yeah, but it's betting on yourself, and I don't think you go in betting on You want to get as many years, because I know he also says he doesn't need the money, but you want the money, and you don't want to be lowballed, because if that was the case, every quarterback would just take $5 million so they could build around themselves. But that's just not the case. No, it's not. You're right. That's not so the case. You, so you want that money. You want to be paid your value, your worth. But I don't think that you settle and be like, hey, man, in two years, we might not even be that good, so let me see what's going to be out there in two years. Take as many years as they're going to give you. I think, I mean, I understand what you're because saying. Because then it's, we, we see it more in basketball, but Stafford did it, where it's just, hey, if I do sign the four or five year extension and we do stink in two years, then that's when I make a fuss and that's when I say, hey, get me out of here. Even though I, I still got that money in the bank, though. Well, I still have that money that's going to be coming to me. And if we do stink in two years, that's when I say, hey, get, get me out of here. I can see your side of it. I, I can see your side of it, but I also could see a guy stepping up to the table and saying, look, I've been through four different head coaches. Five different playbooks, ups and downs, been to the playoffs twice. I've only played there once. I want to test the stability of you. I want to see what you're all about. I don't know. Last time you were a head coach, you failed. 
And that's just me being, no, serious. That's just being straight up. Sometimes you've got to say, hey, man, for my own peace of mind, I don't want to be locked in somewhere long term that I don't I might not necessarily want to be. Maybe let's just go ahead and do a short term deal and then we can go back to the drawing table. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there's a possibility. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Raider Rude Dog. Rude Dog. What's up, man? Yeah, uh, thank you, Q, and thanks, uh, mom for taking my call. I just wanted to say that I'm all good for the change. Some of the fans out there might not agree, but I see something coming here very good for this franchise. And other than that, it's a new market out here in Vegas. And while Mark is doing the things, I think he's doing a great job in doing that because he wants to be out there and he wants to win. At the end of the day, it's all about a win. And about Carr, if they can extend him, even though I don't like him too much, but he does deserve, you know, to get a Super Bowl ring for us. But if they could uh, work with them and change the whole scheme there, I'm all for it. You know, we all want to see these Raiders, you know, get a Super Bowl ring. It's been a long time, and I've been waiting. I'm a hater. I hate Lucy. I hear you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. All right, go ahead. All right, cool. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Yeah, I've been waiting a long time, too. I think all the Raider Nation's been waiting a long time. Even the old head's been waiting a long time. Waiting for, uh, to see that, that shoe drop, which is uh, uh, the Raiders bringing home a, a Lombardi, ho- hoisting that trophy. And I know that Mark Davis wants that more than anything. And I do believe that's why he's gone in the direction he's gone. And bringing in McDaniels. And bringing in Ziegler. And bringing in Kelly. And bringing in Graham. Putting together this roster in this front office. I think he knows he wants to get that trophy. He knows that his time is now. He wants to be considered, you know, one of the better franchises, one of the more stable franchises in the NFL. So I'm excited about the direction. I can't wait to see it actually rolled out. But right now, everything we've been talking about and all the pieces that we've been talking about and all the players we've been talking about and coaching staff, including Antonio Pierce, who we had a great preview on earlier today. They look good. Vinny Bonsignor, he's coming up next. He's going to deep dive into this Derek Carr conversation, what a contract extension could look like, what it could feel like, and what it could mean for the silver and black. DeMond Cotton, great job as always. In the huddles on your radio next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.